0: Hope you're doing all right, Chiefs fans. The barn has been burnt down to the foundation. Hope you're breathing. The Chiefs have survived. (laughs) They move on to the Bengals. This was an epic game in all kinds of ways. We're going to cover it. Matt Derrick is here from Chiefs Digest. He's still at the stadium tonight. We're going to have a good time. Thank you for being with us. Welcome to Locked On, Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On, Chiefs podcast.
1: I don't even know where to start. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, Chiefs win 42-36, hosting their fourth AFC Championship game in a row. Uh, phenomenal game, absolutely incredible. Uh, props to Josh Allen. I, I want to throw that out there first. I know this is Chiefs podcast, but he played absolutely phenomenal for most of the night's nights. Um, you know, He stepped up when I was wondering if he was going to. Uh, the, the times in the past, Kansas he's played them if he got under pressure, he kind of folded at times. Uh, this game, he stepped up and he did what he needed to do. Yeah,
2: and I can at least, I mean, here we are, and about a, we're recording a little bit more than an hour after the game. And uh, at least give you a flavor for what's going on here at Arrowhead. Um, people are still f- slowly getting out in the parking lots. Uh, it, was, it was a late <laughs> departing crowd. Um, until just a few minutes ago, the Arrowhead scoreboard, you know, had up the message, you know, letting the few people who are still here know um, they're going to be hosting a fourth straight AFC championship game next Sunday. That'll be first time in history that's happened. Um, I don't know if you can hear me. I'm, I'm in the visiting radio booth, which would normally obviously be the Bills crew today. Um, right next door is the Chiefs radio group. And I know Dan Israel and I think Josh Klingler and a few of the others are still over there. And normally they're out of here this time, of, by this time, they've thrown it to the studio and there's everything's going on down ta- downstairs. And um, not today. I think everybody's uh, savoring this win for a little bit longer. I, I think the traditional rule is right midnight and then you have to move on. So. And they got, by my clock, you know, what, about 97 minutes left. You can celebrate this win, and this team will probably get the most out of that time that they can.
1: And I will tell you this right now. I've said this to a couple people already tonight. Uh, if they produce a DVD of this game, I am buying it. I do not care. Chiefs, if you're <laughs> listening, go make this game available on DVD. I will buy it. I want to be able to rewatch this game whenever I want. Just absolutely phenomenal game on both sides. Uh And yes, we have questions about the defense, uh, but we can get to that in a second.
0: I'll I'll one up you even, um, folks. You've seen Matt's books, um, Showtime, the story of the first Super Bowl championship. Matt, you need to switch over, write a screenplay so that when you make the movie, I can rewatch this. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. Matt. Well, we, we were
2: we were some of us in the press box talking about it during the during the whole fourth quarter and overtime. If you scripted this, you couldn't sell it. Nobody's going to buy this. This is outrageous.
0: It's completely and totally unbelievable. This game should go down in history as the 13-second game, right? That's a good name for it. I'm, I'm
2: sure that or Grim Reaper are probably the, the two big names being thrown around right now on Twitter.
1: Yeah, uh, can you explain that quote, <laughs> Matt? Because that was phenomenal. It needs to be, it needs to be said.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not entirely clear that it actually was said or it's Andy Reid coming up with a good line. But, uh, yes, when Andy Reid in the post-game press conferences was asked um, what was his message to Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds left, he said, if
0: it's grim, be the Grim Reaper. You'll be able to find that on a T-shirt in the RGR store tomorrow, folks. <laughs> yes, yes,
2: you're you're going to be seeing, I think, a lot of T-shirts with Patrick Mahomes' face and and a scythe and all sorts of things.
1: As you should. That just that was insanity, and I have to say this because he's been so clutch all year long, and he's been so good all year long. I am so glad Butker got a chance to redeem himself at the end of the game.
2: Yeah, if, if the Chiefs don't win this game, uh, yeah, you're certainly pointing to Harrison Butker as the GOAT. Um, so the fact that he was got a chance to get back out there and put this game back into overtime, that was big because now it's a, it's a footnote. I mean, the, the game that Harrison Butker had, um, the miss, and the hitting the upright on the extra point. Um, with with getting getting the chance for redemption, yeah, I mean, that's not even one of the top 20 storylines out of this game.
1: Yeah, and it sure looked like that good that kick could have been good from 60.
2: Yeah. You know, and it was really odd because even watching Butker during warmups, I did not think that he had the normal leg um that he usually has. I mean, it wasn't a very windy day at Arrowhead. Um, the conditions, even temperature-wise, in the 30s, I mean, that doesn't didn't seem like it was that adverse of conditions. Um, but his max kick was 59. He he missed a couple from 56, I think one from 57. Hit another one from 56 in the direction that he actually missed the field goal. Um, it kind of perplexed him because there wasn't really anything to explain it, but it just didn't look like that for most of the game that Butker had the leg, even I thought on kickoffs, that they were a little bit shorter than usual. So I don't know if that was weather or turf conditions or, you know, maybe he's nursing something, but I, I, I didn't think he was quite 100% tonight, at least as far as the kicks go.
0: But in the clutch, the guy gets it done. One other guy that is not 100% is Tyron Matthew, and I felt like his absence due to that concussion protocol was clearly what was ailing this team throughout the night, but particularly down the stretch with the lapses that you saw another singular receiver go off on this team for 200-plus yards and umpteen thousand points. Um, Matt, how key is getting Tyron Matthew back, A, for this revenge game against the Bengals, who also had a receiver do that, and even if they can look – to the point where they win that game to trying to play the Super Bowl with Tyron Matthew.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, to me, I think there's two notable you know, people coming out of this game that the Chiefs really, really need. One's Tyron Matthew, and the other one's Rashad Fenton. Um when you're missing both of those guys and you're having to re you're needing to rely on a little bit more of Dan Sorensen. Ar- Armani Watts played tonight. And honestly, I mean at first glance I didn't see that he he did anything, you know, out of out of line. I mean, I think he played fairly solid. You didn't hear his name a lot. Um, but there was Always no seemed to be in
1: position, sorry.
2: There was there was no doubt that, you know, other than you know, Cole Beasley was there for a while, the the one reliable threat that the Bills had, and, and Gabriel Davis. Obviously, it was open all all night long. But Davis was often working against Hughes, and that was a rough night for Mike Hughes against against Gabriel Davis. Um, for the most part, Travers Ward and Lagarius Sneed were were working on Stephon Diggs, and you did not hear Stephon Diggs' name all night long. They absolutely took him out of play. Yards was it? Uh, yeah, I think it was three catches for seven yards. How about Dawson Knox too? Uh, and Dawson Knox was completely shut down. There was a couple of guys working on him. But yeah, if if you know Mike Hughes, you need to give him a hug because he needs it. Because that was that was a rough night for him on on Gabriel Davis.
1: Absolutely rough night for him. I, I'm really curious. Did you hear anything updates on Tyron Matthew? I know he's in the concussion protocol. Just no, we, we unfortunately
2: didn't get any injury updates. I think Andy was, uh, like I said, just still under the spell of the game. <laughs> didn't even get any questions about injuries because we had a lot of other things to ask about. But Tyron is obviously the, the really the only notable injury that came out of it. Um, Jaron Reed, Traveris Ward both left the game briefly and went back in. Um, so other than, than Matthew and the existing injuries this team already had, There doesn't look like there's anything new that's of
1: significant note. And when Ward went down, I held my breath because that got really dicey for a, a bit there.
2: Yeah, that he played that phenomenal was, tonight. The way that he has played, especially the last couple of weeks, uh, that's a guy that, that this team cannot lose right now.
1: This team was hungry on offense the entire game. <laughs> and look at Ryan already ready there with the Built Bar prop. I appreciate that. It is the New Year's. That means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan Bill Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there are so many flavors to choose from: coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built Bar is coming out with new limited time flavors all the time. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now. Ryan, I want to jump in really quick uh, because obviously we need to talk about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I want to talk about the running backs for just a minute. Uh, Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire had phenomenal games, both of them, in different scenarios.
0: I think I think I like a motivated Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think I'm pretty comfortable with that. I think a lot of the talk around town and the, the explosive game that you saw from Jarek McKinnon last week led to both of them running hard, getting good yardage. One quibble I have, Matt. You tell me if I'm overreacting. little bit too much dancing from everybody tonight. Yep.
1: Clyde Clyde ran angry, though. Sorry. That's all i got to say. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Clyde, Clyde, particularly late, I thought he had a, a few maybe moments where he was trying to make uh, something out of nothing. Um, definitely, when he's running straight ahead, I mean, I, I think he's a much more effective runner. I mean, I think he showed that tonight. Um, Tyreek had a couple of those moments too, but you know what? You're going to live with that because Tyreek is Tyreek, and occasionally he, he dances his way out of things. Um, like but, that long touchdown. <laughs> like the long touchdown. Uh, yeah. Um, there was a few things that, I mean, and now that we're looking back on it i mean it seems like it was about six days ago that blake bell tried to run a option right
1: <laughs> i
0: know, had,
2: ryan, had I know ryan, lost this game. ryan would be crying about right now but the chiefs won so you don't have to worry about it
1: man i know ryan hated that call i loved it i thought it was a great play design i thought the bills did a phenomenal job on defense and honestly if in where i'm coming from is if you're going to complain about taking the ball out of patrick mahomes's hands you took it out of his hands on first and second down. You should have thrown it earlier. I still like that play call because all they've done with Bell so far is run QB sneaks.
0: And it worked every time, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why they felt they could do it. My my only problem, it is a great play design. I completely agree. I'm, I'm sad that they wasted it because I think it could work again. Two problems. You had a yard and a half to go. You weren't going to sneak that. The defense was not concerned with that. And you ran an option to the short side of the field with a quarterback uh, uh, that hasn't been a quarterback for, I don't know, six years, something like that. Two little qualms there. But I would let, rather see them do that on the goal line in the Super Bowl. But mm, I digress. Short, Blake, short Blake, side a of the field a great point.
2: Blake looked a little anxious to get that ball out of his hands. Yeah. A little bit.
1: It's short I, side I of the field is a fantastic point, Ryan. I, I didn't think about that. I, that. I always quibble when they do outside runs to the short side of the field. It just takes away so much. Uh, but, but
0: but that said, it was built on previous mm-hmm. plays, much as was the other one, where it was built on the, the Burton short yardage play. Like Fantastic I, I like play
1: design there.
0: That was fantastic, absolutely. I, that was yeah. great. And even more so, Matt, I felt like this was Andy Reid being self-aware and, and actually taking advantage of everything that they've done all season long.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we it's an extension of last week. I mean, how many times have we seen Travis Kelsey in the Wildcat? Um run variations off of that repeatedly. And last week we saw a new wrinkle on that. The um, Blake Bell Wildcats, another variation. You're right. I mean, the, the Mike Burton, I mean, they, they were sitting that up all season long with Mike Burton at fullback dives and then pull that pull that wrinkle out. There's still more variations that, that can run off of that. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, it, you know, hey, Andy Reid sometimes has plays that don't work. Doesn't mean that they're not well designed. Um, sometimes the team actually defends a play. So you got to give them credit for it. Sometimes they outguess you, so you know, give them credit for it. But yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I mean, a yard and a half, yeah, that's too much to sneak. You got to go a little bit differently. But I, yeah, I in the press box, I can tell you, everybody was crying over running it to the short side of the
0: field. No, just can't do it. Oh. I, on the flip side, I liked the uh, the speed option that they used. The the Bills did. I think the Chiefs should steal that from their playbook. That could come in handy. Be another wrinkle again. That said, there was enough new, but (laughs) if they moved the ball tonight by doing their offense effectively, and I felt like Patrick, despite getting a lot of uh, what I call mild pressure, a collapsing pocket, some that he had to actually run away from and some that I think maybe he could have sustained if he had tried to, there was enough movement that he had to use his legs. I thought him being self-aware that, hey, Josh does this all the time. I can use my legs too. I felt like that was very keen instinctually for him to just take that over and use it to get the ball game rolling. Yeah, I –
2: I Sorry, was going to say, gonna... I mean, I, I, I just I didn't feel like that there was a lot of Patrick, you know, feeling phantom pressure or anything tonight. I mean, occasionally it was legitimate pressure. And, mm-hmm. and I think he certainly, you know, tried to stay in the pocket as much as he possibly could. Um, but when he had, you know, yards to to gain, he took it. I mean, uh, you know, I think it was some just very sharp, you know, smart decisions that he made most of the game. Put himself into a couple of spots where he took some hard hits and. Yeah, you're always holding your breath when that happens. Um, but probably could have gotten a couple of flags, too, if uh, the officials had been really wanting to protect the quarterbacks tonight.
1: Refs definitely were not whistling, uh, using their whistles very much tonight. I want to say on his runs, the thing that really sticks out to me on those, and I said this on Friday's show, I believe, Ryan, when he isn't getting interior pressure like he hasn't been this year because the interior three have been so good. It creates those pockets for him to be able to run between where the tackles are going to be going wide. And he absolutely used that to his advantage in the first quarter.
0: Yeah, and it it set up the rest of the game, to tell you the truth, too. It absolutely did. Because you felt the defense come down. The same was true on the opposite side. Josh Allen was able to suck the Chiefs defense in as well. And I do want to say that one thing that we have to get to after the break is is how the Chiefs reacted to what Allen did, because I was very impressed in a couple of different aspects.
1: Before, I have to ask you before we go to break, because we're talking offense. I want to see the Trent Williams design pull.
0: <laughs>
1: Use Trey Smith, bring in Allegretti.
0: I if see it, it looks good, steal it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, thought it looked, I
1: thought it looked fantastic. <laughs>
0: I agree. They had plenty of gas. And I know that you guys have to buy gas. We can help you save some money doing that. Go get the Get Upside app on any app store. You start tracking the gasoline purchases that you make and you get 25 cents back on every gallon that you spend if you use our code Touchdown. So, that again is the Get Upside app. It's in any app store. And this particular start, when you sign up your first tank, you get an additional 25 cents off. So, you might as well just lop 50 cents off of your cost at the pump when you use the Get Upside app with our code Touchdown. Then you rack up the dollars, you send them back to yourself on a bank account or an Amazon card or anything like that. That's get upside with the code touchdown. Now that said, I thought the defense obviously had its warts. Missing Matthew hurt, miscommunication. Um, I called it the 1-6 the game because it looked like weeks one through six at times back there. Slipping. The thing that I thought was really impressive, though, I felt Frank Clark tonight. We clearly, Josh Allen felt Melvin Ingram. The front four, if Jared Reed goes out of that ball game and doesn't return, I think there's a big, much bigger problem. But that front four up to their game tonight. it's it's as though we've been waiting seventeen contests to get to this point, Matt. And now they're able to elevate. And I thought that was a very clear sign for not only this ball game but for the next two ball games for this defensive front,
2: yeah. I mean, they they did not get a ton of pressure on Josh Allen. But they did two things. One is that um, most of the yards that Allen got were, were off of design runs. I mean, there just was not much there for him to scramble and get away. And the few times that he did try to get away, they got him. Uh, you know, they did. I thought a really good job of containing him that way. And that was one of the things that they wanted to do was just to make sure that the Jaws would drop back 13 and, and, and beat them every single time. He did once. But, you know, that's they, they got done what they wanted accomplished up front in that regard. Um, but the other part of it, too, was just I thought how how disciplined and yet aggressive both Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram played because um, the biggest plays that that front four made absolutely came from those two guys. And uh, Frank Clark, I thought, did a really great job of setting the edge. He didn't fall for a couple of the runs that uh, were designed for Josh Allen. I think he had a couple of stops for a loss or close to it. I um, mean, a really good tackle on that one play uh, from getting getting Allen from behind, and I thought Ingram did a did a really good job of setting the edge on the other side. I mean, they they both I thought just did a really good job of of not letting Allen beat them. I mean, and yeah, he got his yards on some of those designed runs, but outside of that, I mean, you know, Allen did not did not break the back of this team. I mean, Gabriel Davis almost did with Josh Allen, but it wasn't Josh Allen's legs that that we're getting this team tonight. And they, I thought really, I thought they played even better against him as the game went on.
1: Frank played great. I thought he had a really good game. Uh, My only complaint about Frank would be that he uh, knocked the ball right back into Josh Allen's lap on Melvin Ingram's sack. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I say that tongue in cheek. I thought Frank played a fantastic game. And I will say this, I'm not trying to take anything away from the bills. I think they played a very good game, but I also will say two of the touchdowns to Gabriel Davis were, players slipping or players hitting each other. And Mm -hmm. you can call some of that miscommunication if you want on the players hitting each other. Uh, Gabriel Davis made a fantastic break on Hughes, but he's not wide open if Hughes doesn't fall down. So, you know, (laughs) two plays that could go either direction and uh, cost Kansas city big in this game. Obviously they were able to overcome it. And I think that's huge Uh, defensively. I think looking forward, you have to like your matchup going into next week Uh, against a line that gave up nine sacks against the Titans because this defensive line is I think very good I think Frank Clark is very good Chris Jones is great Uh, Jaron Reed played great at times Melvin Ingram is showing up and them against that Cincinnati offensive line is going to be a lot of fun to watch I think Buffalo's offensive line is much better than Cincinnati's and I think that's going to be trouble for Cincinnati next week
2: well, you're you're hoping certainly that the Chiefs, you know, learn some lessons, you know, from their their last meeting with the Bengals, but you know, honestly, the the other probably thing that benefits the Chiefs in this matchup going up against the Bengals is that it's the postseason, and you know what, they let teams play more physical in the postseason, and if that means that the Chiefs can get up and play more physical with those those receivers at the line of scrimmage and get away with it then, yeah, it's going to be easier to keep guys like Jamar Chase in check. I mean, but that's the thing is that you've got to be able to, to get physical with them. Um, you know, the Chiefs can't make some of those same mistakes that they made last time around. They know that now. Um, but the setting, Arrowhead, postseason, I mean, everything's favoring the Chiefs. I don't know if they should be a seven-point favorite the way that the odds makers have them opening up right now. I I, I mean, you, I think you've got to favor the Chiefs in this return matchup.
1: Yeah. The, you know the other thing remember. that that really goes with this in the postseason for me is this is another this is going to be another over my dead body game. Patrick Mahomes absolutely plays like a man possessed in the playoffs, and it is just phenomenal and so fun to watch. Just wanted to throw that out there.
0: It it absolutely is, and they need to have that factor because the defense got torched last time by a player for Cincinnati. And I want to boil this down. It was an overtime game, obviously right down the line, the defense rose in some places and fell in others. But overall, when you take a look at the possession map, they forced four punts on a team that ran off seven straight touchdowns last week. That is significant as the defense as a unit playing together. And I feel like obviously the departure of Matthew is a problem and the lapses are a problem. But that tells me that if you can force, what was it? It was five touchdowns. It was four punts. That is, I think, a building block towards not only an AFC championship game that you can win, but a Super Bowl that you have a chance to win as well. Absolutely.
2: I mean, this was an offense that came into this game with their last 13 drives were either touchdowns or kneel downs. They hadn't punted the ball in five and a half quarters until that that punt in the second half in the second quarter. Or the first quarter, rather. Um, yeah, I mean this. This the, the Chiefs got the job, defense job, defensive job done tonight. At times, yes. The if Gabriel Davis is not on this team, or maybe they get some better coverage, this is a different outcome. Um, but no, I mean, and and the Chiefs have some favorable matchups, and that's why once again, I mean, I say you bring back a Tyron Matthew, you get a Rashad Fenton healthy. Um, that's gonna that that. Solves a lot of the problems that the Chiefs' defense had tonight, um, because you know if you if you got Fenton out there and maybe it's a little bit less of Mike Hughes, you know Dandre Baker came in for him late and uh, I thought made a couple of good good plays late. Maybe maybe that's a lineup change that will happen going forward if Fenton's not ready. I mean we will see, um, but you've got two corners with Ward and Snead right now that are playing at an extremely high level. Um, yeah. I think the rest of this defense has been playing at a high level. You had a quarterback tonight that came in and was like, okay, you know what? Matthew goes out. There's a spot here. There's a couple of spots that they can attack, and they they attack those spots. So give it to the Bills. But once again, I mean, I think that give a tremendous amount of credit to, to Brian Dable, to Josh Allen. I think that Buffalo played maybe not a perfect game, but about as good of a game as you can come into Arrowhead and play. And you know what? She still won the ballgame. Yeah, so, fans. I mean, it's it says a lot, I think, about both teams.
1: I think it does, and it's going to be a big question going into this offseason. Brian Dable is likely not going to be in Buffalo next year. I would imagine he's going to get ahead of coaching gig. I would imagine that's going to help happen this week. Uh, the other thing that really stands out to me, you talk about, you know, not having Tyron Matthew, not having Rashad Fitt, and I agree with you, uh, but you had other guys step up in this game that we haven't talked about on defense. Nick Bolton had plays in this game that were just absolutely phenomenal. And he is a rookie that is going to be a lot of fun to watch over the next couple of seasons for Kansas City.
2: Yeah, Matt,
0: absolutely. don't start me. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> just before you get on your roll, I just want to say for the guy who was not that adamant about getting a vote, in, this was beyond my best acclamation of what I thought seeing his college film. He has progressed more this season than we saw from any draft pick, not named Creed Humphrey on this particular roster, for the last three or four years. He played downhill. He got to his drops and played forward. He did everything that he can do. And credit for Steve Spagnuolo making that adjustment because Hitch was getting targeted early, and they let the rookie come in and play more.
2: Yeah, they did. I mean, and you know what? I mean, look at the leading tacklers tonight. I mean, LeJarrius need Nick Bolton, and Dan Sorensen. I mean, you know, even though I thought that the Bills, you know, picked on, on Dan a little bit when he was in the game, you know what, he didn't, you didn't really talk about him in a negative way. I mean, Sorensen didn't really get beat. Um, I thought he played, you know, a fairly solid game coming in They were playing for Tyron Matthew. Um, yeah, maybe there was a couple of plays that he he gave up and maybe it was some teamwork with some, some missed assignments there, but. Um, no, I mean, and Hey, you're right. I mean, I've been a Nick Bolton guy since day one. So, you know, you know, I'm a complete Nick Bolton Homer, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think that he has improved and I, I think that you're also seeing they, they're trusting him in positions, um, that they weren't planning on trusting him with as a rookie.
1: Well, and I like what you said about, uh, Dan Swanson. I thought he played a really good game uh, for what he was asked to do when Tyron Matthew went out. And I was really happy that Spagnolo went with Armani Watts and allowed Dan to still do what he is better at. And that is a huge key. Spagnolo has learned at times what he needs to do to be able to get the best out of his defense. And say what you want, it's the Buffalo Bills. They scored 36 points. I get it. The defense didn't play great. But it's still Josh Allen. It's the Buffalo Bills. They have a top three offense. What I will say, though, is if you were going to tell me that Kansas City was going to put up 40 points on this Bills defense, I would have told you you're crazy. And I understand they went to overtime and it took overtime to get to 40 to 40 points. But everybody talked about how good this Bills defense was. Everybody was talking about how on a on fire Josh Allen was. This Chiefs team still went out and won the game. And that says a lot about what they can do. And like I said, this goes back to, to – I believe Therese Paler coined the term over my dead body with Patrick Mahomes. And credits Trez on that. That is absolutely the way Mahomes plays. And the thing I loved the most was watching him and Kelsey being able to celebrate in the end zone after the game. Uh, Kelsey had huge plays throughout the game. But his catch in overtime, I watched him watch the ball into his two hands, put both of his arms around it and go to the ground. He knew what was going on. He just took care of it. And then to watch him catch the winning touchdown, I mean, that's that's fantastic. Uh, both huge plays from your offensive captains, and can't ask for more.
0: No. And, and I'll give credit to C-Spagnolo as well. Um, going with that, and, and like you said, allowing Dan to play lower in the box like he should, uh, trusting Armani Watts to do his job like we saw him do. I also want to say, tough week for Willie Gay. Made a mistake early. The team didn't turn their back on him. They didn't shut him out. He responded. He was in his position where he needed to be and made some plays tonight. And they brought especially, in Daniel.
1: Sorry. I, I thought that was interesting as well. Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, to get him some snaps as well. Uh-huh. Like he has the athleticism that goes there, right? But credit to C. Spagnola because they finally blitzed Willie because he is really good at it. And that, I think, especially early in the first quarter, was a turning point that they're going to have to continue to build upon. Matt, did, yeah. did you like that or is it just extra? No,
2: I did. I mean, and honestly, I, I liked a lot of what Spagnolo did during the game. I thought there was only one mistake that, that I thought that he made, and that was on that final Bills drive at the end of the first half. And he put the third down package out there, which he, he does from time to time when it's going to be some obvious passing situations. He'll do that at the end of games. When the team has a big lead, so you know that third down package for the most part, it's Ben Neiman, it's Dan Sorensen. I mean, it's it's put it's a little bit a lighter group, but it's designed to you know be some guys that they can bring on some blitzes, you know, and, and obvious passing situations. But they got a little bit more speed, you know, to be able to cover just because this is usually, like I said, you know, typically obvious passing situations. Well, the Bills saw that package out there and said, okay, you know what, Josh Allen's going to run the football. And Josh Allen ran the football down the field. It got him into range, and then they 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 had the, obviously one of the touchdowns to Davis right there. Um, I, I I thought that was a mistake. I mean, I think he should have kept the base defense out there for that drive. Um, forced forced almost, honestly forced Allen to make sure he's throwing the football in that situation and not being able to run the ball and, and get it into what could have been field goal range. But obviously they get a touchdown. So I thought that played maybe a little bit just too passive there um conversely i mean once again you know you what does a, a prevent defense do it prevents you from winning i mean buffalo did the same thing at the end of the fourth quarter i mean they they, they gifted the chiefs the yards to get in the field five yards i mean
1: yeah they gifted it absolutely
2: they were just trying not to give up a touchdown mm-hmm. and instead to give up the field goal that forces overtime and they lose anyway
1: yeah matt i have to ask this i know it didn't come down to it but did you feel it was four down territory at the very end of the game in overtime
2: um no i i figured that if they if they were stopped there and i i thought they would probably go ahead and kick the field goal but that would have been a really tough decision you're right i mean but at that point i don't know that you can really expect them to be able to keep the the bills out of the end zone but you're certainly not keeping the bills out of field goal range so i probably would have just taken the points and put my defense back onto the field trying to get a play, but. I could certainly have seen the argument to go ahead and go for it. And and there were plenty of questions. I mean, you know, I know that a lot of people in the press box thought the bill should have gone forward on, you know, fourth and short in their own territory when they chose to punt late in the game. Yep. Uh, you know, Andy Reid faced the fourth and six, you know, in, in negative territory that some people thought that he should have gone for. Uh, maybe both those coaches played a conservative there, but, I don't think anybody at the same at at, at at the same time saw the last two minutes of this game play out the way that it did, uh, which almost makes any of the earlier decisions almost moot.
1: I also have to throw this out there because I think it really says something to me about growth when you talk about players. I know he didn't he didn't do a lot, but Tommy Townsend is a guy that struggled at times with consistency and in big moments and in pressure moments he struggled last year. You didn't see that in this game. I'm not saying he punted fantastic. I don't remember what the the yardage was, but it wasn't anything where he shaked it. He did his job. He did what he needed to do. And special teams didn't cost this team. Uh, It it got close to costing this team, but it didn't cost this team like it cost Green Bay.
2: Nothing like what cost Green Bay, no. I mean, they certainly left some points on the field. I'm still confused. I'm going to have to ask Dave Tob on Thursday about that punt return. Yeah, that was a questionable Would you put two guys out there... I assume that one of them was supposed to be faking the the catch and the other one was actually supposed to catch it but they both ended up faking. I don't know what was going on there. Maybe it was maybe they were trying to trick the Bills into not covering the kick and you know making sure that they could go into the end zone for a touchback but that did not that did not end well.
1: And I know we didn't talk about this but I have to also say credit to Michael Hardman that t- touchdown that play that he had was phenomenal. I mean, there's just, like I said, you know, before we started recording this, there's just too much to talk about in this game that we're going to miss. We're going to talk about this more tomorrow, obviously. Uh, Ryan and I will. Matt, thank you for your time. But before we go, who's your game ball go to?
2: Okay, one, I'm, I'm going to give an honorary game ball away before I give my real ball game game ball away. Um, I'm giving one to Stefan Diggs because when the idiot ran out of the field there near the end of the game, Stephon Diggs put a form tackle on that guy. Did he? I, <laughs> I, he thought is, I heard that. That dude is going to be in jail and feeling that one as well. He should. <laughs> I heard that but on the
1: broadcast. I didn't see it. Was Stephon, it good? was that good?
2: If you get if you get to see some video of it, you will love it. Stephon, and and if you're the idiot who ran on the field, you deserve that. So <laughs> I am, I am now a Stephon Diggs fan for life because of that. Um, but that said. There's once again we talked we did this last week. There's 18 guys who could get a game ball, and I'm not going to overthink this. Um, Patrick Mahomes threw for 188 yards after the two-minute warning.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm so glad you brought that up. I was hoping you were going to bring I mean, that up. I mean, come on,
2: 188 yards after the two-minute warning,
1: and he. So you're saying that's six, good.
2: He rushed for 69 <laughs> yards. That's yeah. nice. And a touchdown. And a touchdown. Yeah, Mahomes, game ball. Yeah. I thought
0: you were, I was hoping you were gonna overthink that one.
2: No, we're not overthinking this one. Patrick Mahomes, right. greatest quarterback of all time. Well, not quite, but he's getting there.
0: Oh, it's him and Joe Montana. He's I'm getting there, you. he's getting there. Go ahead, Ryan. Who's your game ball going to? Oh, uh, the, the guy that helped him out the most, it's Tyreek Hill. When you needed big plays, when you needed something to happen, it was Tyreek Hill that you could count on. And honestly, it was all of their big players. Kelsey was, was no slouch in any way as well, but just the, the electricity that Tyreek brings and in clutch times, it takes two to tango. A, an elite quarterback has to throw the ball to somebody and he made it worth it tonight.
1: I'm going to give an honorary game ball to Frank Clark. Cause I think he deserves it. Uh, I think he played a really good game. Uh, I could also give that to Shabari's Ward. I think he played a phenomenal game at corner uh, and you're not going to see that really on the broadcast view, but it's from what I saw. Uh, he played a great game. Uh, my game ball is going to Travis Kelsey. Um, and I know we didn't talk about this, but Brian, P- thank you. Byron Pringle for your touchdown catch. That was amazing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes doing Mahomes things. Thanks. We didn't even talk about a sidearm pass or a sidearm pass that <laughs> he threw. Like a, what was the Royals guy um, back in the day? Dan uh, we will cover Quisier. that tomorrow. Quisier. Yeah, that was <laughs> phenomenal. I don't even remember who that pass went to, but it just absolutely fantastic. And Kelsey, I'm giving my game ball to Kelsey. Obviously, he scored the winning touchdown, and that's fantastic. Uh, he had huge plays getting them down the field in regulation and in overtime. Uh, so that's great. But watching him just move, and I, you know, obviously, maybe it's the design of the play call. Who knows? But move where he did on that last play of regulation that, where he caught the ball. He moved to where he knew his route was going to get him an inside release, and he could run – and just make a play that was going to give them enough to get a field goal and mm-hmm. <clears throat> great job by him. And the thing I loved most watching that replay is watching just about every single Chiefs player running down the field, going timeout, 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 timeout. <laughs> offensive linemen were doing it. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it was just, it was great. So uh great job by that, by the whole team. I, you know, Fantastic game. Uh, Chiefs Kingdom, be happy. Fourth straight AFC Championship game that they're going to be hosting. And this is the opportunity that Kansas City gets. They have an opportunity to have a revenge tour uh, times two because they are now going to be facing
0: the Cincinnati Bengals. You're four quarters from the Super Bowl, folks. We're going to talk about it all week long. If you don't know this already, we are here five days a week. Matt will be back in a couple of days. We'll go through all the details. We'll hit all the things that you need to know for the Bengals. Uh uh. I just was going to say four quarter, four more quarters to going to the third
1: straight Super Bowl. Thank you. How crazy! It, I mean, <laughs> think about where we were four or five years ago. Just absolutely fantastic uh, to see this team playing the way they are, and uh, I'm looking forward to it.
2: It's going to be a long time before, assuming next week's game doesn't go into overtime. Seventeen straight quarters of the AFC Championship game been played
0: at Arrowhead. That's why you're on this show. See? That's what I'm saying. Oh, First really day. quick, Matt.
1: I have to ask: uh, Do you think that this week we lose enemy or Polls? Oh, ooh. Um, now, you,
0: I'm, now you gotta I'm,
1: make me
2: sad. I'm really feeling it about Ryan Polls. I mean, he's just there's just too much smoke and fire. He's too good of a candidate. I, I really like the odds in in Minnesota. Um, if, if he's indeed one of the finalists there, as it looks um we'll see i mean i i i don't know if this week's the week that anybody pulls the trigger on on eb but once some of these gm positions start getting filled then some of the other head coaching jobs are going to start filling in too so it's possible but my money would be on the first one to get hired will probably be ryan poles
0: i'm just going to tell you there's a lot of fan support for eb here in denver doesn't make anything happen it's going to be interesting because
1: they, there. I saw earlier on Twitter that they're talking about uh, their GM. Was it Patton? I can't mm-hmm. remember the GM's name.
0: Payton.
1: Uh, Patton. Thank you. Uh, is calling the coaches that is that are not going to be finalists for the, you know, second interview. So it would be interesting to find out if E.B. got a call saying he's not going to be getting the opportunity. But there's well, a lot of people that want him in Denver.
2: Everything that that George Payton has said publicly about what he wants in a head coach describes Eric Benne
0: so at this point i'd almost be kind of surprised if he's not the guy and eb when you get there i'll help you draft some guys just let me know rogue analytics is here for your disposal (sighs) folks hope that you enjoy this one enjoy your monday it should be a fun day at work Uh, hopefully you can run into a Bills fan. i'm sure i will at some point matt thanks for the time i know we are up late thanks guys take care everybody have a good night we'll talk